Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode number 63, and I'm saying go outside and don't get stung by a bee <laughs> and let your spirit be free and climb a tree. Yeah, doesn't lovely. matter if you're three or 83, mm. you can still climb a tree, hug a tree, bathe, forest bathe. Yeah. That's the kind of energy we're bringing to you. This day on episode 63, just na- nature. Just get your pants off and have a bit of a run in the grass. Get all the gear off and then press yourself up against the sharp barks <laughs> of a deep wood and feel feel it press in and you connect with Mother Nurture. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> I, read so- I read something recently. Um, it sounds like wank, but apparently... I've, but I've even be, I've been giving it a bit of a go. It's called I think it's called grounding or earthing. Oh yeah, you know about this. Uh, I've heard about that term in different contexts. Mostly as like a way way to calm yourself down if you're feeling a bit anxious or something. Yeah, I've heard of it about that as well. This has got something to do with there's some there's some there's some kind of pseudoscience mm-hmm. and maybe I, I haven't done the research on this, uh, so I don't want to speak out of turn. But I think the claim is that us as humans, in our natural state, we were connected with the earth. Yeah. Our feet were always touching soil. But in more recent centuries, we have shooed ourselves mm-hmm. into a state Shodden. of insanity. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got something to do with, I should look it up. It's got something to do with like magnetic forces right. or energy and it's got something to do with mag with magnetic forces or energies mm. and apparently there is some science to some some negative charge and positive charge to do with the earth mm-hmm. people saying there's not enough charges going into us or something and so there's a lot of people now that are promoting spending time thankfully like this is not anything that you have to spend money on yeah you just go outside and you just walk on the grass or on the soil okay and you're supposed to get vibes mm. and I am a little bit embarrassed to admit that I was doing it the other day <laughs> I went down the park and I was like I'll just see if I can get some vibes in my soles so I kicked the shoes off and I just had had barefoot mm. in uh, on a park bench getting the, get the- Blades between your toes. I mean, it just feels nice as well. It does seem it does seem like something that would have even just a placebo effect because that feeling, yeah. of mother nurture mm. on you. Yeah, I was. I mean, it's you know, it sounds the kind of purported scientific basis sounds pretty flimsy and weird, but it doesn't surprise me that people would feel better just from hanging around outside. I was I was reading this thing recently about. Design and they were saying, you know, unsurprisingly, that things that will bring us into in environments that are similar to environments that we would have spent a lot of time in as a species are very pleasing to people. So, like, you know, if you're in a if you're in an enclosed space which has a view over an open area, like a cave, but you know, if you imagine if yeah. you imagine that in like a cabin or a, ah, that's that's a very or a tent. It's a very yeah. That's a very pleasant environment because you feel both able to survey your environment but also protected from your environment which is obviously um Ah. where a lot of people would have favored for evolutionary reasons uh, or for survival reasons and you know seeing like um 
natural stuff. I think they've even done studies where they've given people, you know, a, either a window or just a picture of some uh, of some wood, you know, like a like a some trees or some flowers or a sky or some sort of natural scene. It could be painted, could be a large photograph, but that that still gives you some benefit, even though it's artificial. Uh, and it kind of reminds me of when I had my awful interior office when I was starting out as a barrister and I just used to watch, I just, just used to have the nature webcams going all time, all the time in the background because it gave me a slight relief from the windowlessness. That's how you could survey, survey your area. Because so I didn't have any windows and, uh, wow. and I was just in the bow, in the bowels of the building. You were the bottom feeding barrister. Yeah, I was. It's fucking Dennis. Bottom of the barrel. Dennis Denudo. <laughs> what are you sip? What are you just click quickly? What are you sipping on there? Do you want to oh, give them a plug I've, so I can get them as yeah. a sponsor? Yeah, they're very trendy right now. Um, I think they've been big in North America for some years, but they're getting big <laughs> in Australia. Sprite. It's Sprite. Uh, <laughs> it's it's La Croix. Oh, um, are you familiar with this wow. brand? Basically, oh yeah, I've only seen it on American YouTube videos referring to it. What mm. is it? I thought it was pronounced Lacroix. Uh, well, that they probably do pronounce it that way, but I'm pretty sure that's it's the French, and that's very um, very nice, kind of subtly flavored sparkling water. Um, and oh. it says on here, zero sweetener, zero calories, zero sodium equals innocent. And I, oh. I, re- I related to that because I see myself as very innocent. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm smashing that. Shopkeep, which, which section of the fridge is the innocent drink section? <laughs> Point me in the direction of the innocent drinks. It's the because I've been drinking too much of the devil's juice and I just need to, <laughs> need to get, get some points. Your shopkeeper always knows that on a Friday night, you're just saying, load me up with red wine, and then you go in the next morning with a sore <laughs> head saying, give me a, give me a six-pack of innocent juice, please. Innocence, please. Yeah, Friday night, it's just, can I have some children's blood? <laughs> <laughs> How was the trip to London? How was Crowded House? London was good. I saw that Crowded House band and mm. they sounded great. It was really fun. It was me. It was Scott. It was Steph. It was Claire. Four Australians. Mm. Because it was a bit of an older crowd, you didn't get as many mobile phones obscuring the view, like thousands and thousands of mobile phones. You get a few, of course, when Don't Dream It's Over comes on. You need to... Send yeah. that video to everybody and say, yeah, yeah. I was here with that fun, with that muster fun. Yeah. Even I did it for that. Mm. And it was great. Nice, uh, nice set of crowd. Mm. Uh, a lot of people a little bit older than ourselves because, uh, you know, crowdies are like an 80s, 90s band. Mm. And yeah, it was great. They sounded sensational. Oh yeah. my god, his he voice, voice is still pretty good. Nick, isn't it? Yeah, mm. had a few cups. Had a few cups. Uh, sweet lager. Got nice. Where bit. did they play? The Roundhouse. Ah, oh, the Roundhouse. 
You and me were at the Roundhouse. We saw Seasick Steve. You won tickets to the iTunes Festival and took me to see Seasick Steve. That's correct. And I always remember that I had an extra. It was when I first moved to London and iTunes Festival used to give out free tickets to this to like shows at the Roundhouse that you'd go on a lottery for. And it was like all these world class artists. And mm. I remember that I was new to London. And something happened that I just thought, that's not going to happen in Adelaide. And that was that C6 Steve just played a few songs. And then mm. he said, I'm just going to get my friend out to come and play drums now. Oh, it's just Jack White. Yeah, that's and right. And Jack White just walked on the stage. And mm. I was like, that's not happening at Theberton Theatre. You know, Jack White's not just like. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Jack White's not just like hanging out down at Henley Beach and you can yeah. get him to come and play drums on your track. It's but he true. should be. It's, it's a great beach. <laughs> Jack White, why don't you? Jack White, this Don't Praise the Machine's reaching out to Jack White. We'd like to see you down at Henley Beach at the square. Have a coffee with us in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Henley Beach. <laughs> mm. That was good because it was free, wasn't it? No, uh, I love nothing more than something that's free. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love my spirit free. I love my concerts free. Yeah. Free, 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 free. Mm. And your Pepsi. Uh, <laughs> Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so thank you, London. Thank you, Crowded House. Uh, I actually I also saw if you um, I also went with my friend Marky to see Patty Smith on Friday night. Oh, which cool. Was a whole nother kind of vibe. That mm. was like she actually sounds great. It was a weird venue, and and um, so I saw two concerts within a week mm. where the audience were predominantly like over fifty. Yeah, interesting. I only see bands of of uh, of that era, but yeah, mm. Patty Smith was was uh, she sounds good too. Nice vibe, very like New York seventies. Yeah, okay. Save the world. I don't even think I'd I know Patty Smith songs. Just kind of know that you would, her from being around. I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably do know them without knowing that they're hers. She was originally a writer mm. who had no intention of ever um, being a musician. Right. And then somebody, she was just hanging out in New York in the 70s, which mm. would have just been, you know, like an extremely creative and fruitful time mm. uh, to be in New York in the 1970s. And she was involved in all these scenes and she was a writer and so she would perform her poems and stuff to, to friends and, and maybe uh, in coffee shops and stuff. And eventually a few musicians, I think, invited her to, to perform the spoken word stuff uh-huh. over their music. And then I think she started right, right, singing right. a bit. And she can sing, man, yeah. Huh. You would know. Let me just let me just see. And her book, I, um, I read her book, uh, her autobiography oh. last year as well, um, which is really, really worth reading. And I've actually... Had I had had that recommended to me on lots of podcasts, people had said it was a really good autobiography. You would know because the night uh, belongs yeah, yeah, to yeah. lovers. Because the, the night, night. She, she did that, mate. You should have seen uh. the blue rinse set losing their shit. Because <laughs> the night came on. It's always kind of it seems weird to me because we didn't. I don't know because you sort of think. My, I guess my, the way that I think about old people hasn't changed that much. But then when you see them now, somebody who's in their seventies or eighties, you know, yeah. that they, they were growing up in a pretty cool era 
Uh, so they've got no excuse for acting like a daggy old person, really. Um, they should have been part of that, part of a cool time. <laughs> you always remember in um, Jim Jarmusch's Coffee and Cigarettes, there's a scene with those two old men and they both ask each other if you could have lived in any period in history, wh- where and when. Yeah. And I think somebody says, one of them says Paris in the 20s or something. Okay, yeah. And then... And then the other one says New York in the 70s, which I think mm. he did live through, but he's just like New York in the 70s. Yeah, supposed to have been good. And people talked about Berlin as the new New York in the 70s for a while. Yeah, Bowie was there, Iggy Pop, when we actually, when I uh, when I was getting the train to see Patti Smith. Yeah. In, she's performing in Spandau, which I believe is where the band Spandau Ballet get their name. Huh. Lots of little reference points coming in here. This is a great. This is a great bit. It's really firing. So I get on the train <laughs> to see Fanny Smith. I go, we're going to see him in Spandau from yeah. Spandau Ballet, the band. Yeah. And we went through a station called Kleist Park on the U-Bahn. And Kleist Park is the station where David Bowie's old apartment was. And I think Iggy Pop spent a bit of time there. Oh. So I got out of my phone. I said to my friend Marky, Observe this station. Observe the signage and the round pillars. Mm. She said, okay, fine, whatever. You're going to do that thing where you show me a photo. I said, yes, I am. <laughs> I showed her a photo of Iggy Pop laying on the very bench at the oh, Kleist Park station in the wow. 70s. There you go. Far out. You can't really do. Yeah. Can't really do any of that in Adelaide. There's a bit of rock and roll history in Melbourne. <laughs> I'm just trying to think what would be the equivalent. You go to places where Sia Furler uh, used. This is the Austral where Sia Furler mm. and an acid jazz band mm. used to play. Yeah, that's right. You could do that. And this is where the hilltop hoods used to knock back <laughs> Cooper's pails. <laughs> yeah, you could just you could sit on any park bench in Blackwood, and that would be the case. <laughs> In fact, if you sat on a park bench in Blackwood right now, there's probably a strong chance you'd be sat next to a member of the Hilltop Woods <laughs> sinking a pale yeah, it's not really, it's not really a thing of the past. Aren't you Suffer? Yep, I am. It's me, MC Suffer. And then to your other side, it'd be MC Pressure. MC Pressure. And I would say, did you know that the nosebleed section is actually in the back of the theatre? And, <laughs> and why did you write that? <laughs> in the wrong way. Then <laughs> I'd get then I'd get a long long neck of sparkling smashed over my head. Do you have stories about Patty Smith and Crowder House that you want to share? <laughs> <laughs> That's too prescriptive. No, my life has not been as cool this last week. I've been mostly uh, marking essays. Um, oh my, wow, you sound just like my, my dad. Yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun activity. Quite time consuming. It was probably the hardest I'd had to work in a little while, which is saying something really. I haven't been working that hard. Do you like? I'm just imagining. Do you just run a red pen line through them and just write no and circle something <laughs> rubbish with an arrow and go dumb another one <laughs> what were you thinking <laughs> you're out yeah you're out of the class of big the red class. lettering <laughs> just a big red marker get the mud out of your ears <laughs> this is a pure rubbish <laughs> i didn't come into teaching for this
have fun flipping burgers for the rest of <laughs> your life. You're not going to bloody listen to me. Right. <laughs> yeah, I keep trying to give my students detention and being told by the <laughs> you know, by the law school that it doesn't work. <laughs> you've, got, you've got Pete. You're just sort of screaming at some at some like international student. You've got penals. Um, <laughs> Just ordering them to pick up rubbish in the quad. Some, <laughs> calling their parents. Some 35-year-old mature age student. Just calling some bewildered Singaporean <laughs> couple and say, explaining that, that their daughter's picking up papers in the quad and that she really needs gonna, to focus. She's going to be late home because I've given her. <laughs> she's doing lines on the blackboard. <laughs> oh man, yeah, the, the classic Bart Simpson. Mm. Just I will listen to I will subscribe to Don't Praise the Machine a hundred <laughs> times. <laughs> oh dear. Um yeah, so I've been doing that and as I briefly I think mentioned to you during the week, one thing that I do when I'm particularly when work's a bit full and I need to unwind in the evenings is I Turn on my Headspace app. Many of you might have sure. that. It's, it's a widely uh, used meditation and mindfulness app. Um, and I go on to the sleep section and they have sleep casts. And uh, I love a sleep cast. When I'm not listening to Seinfeld, which I do some nights, <laughs> uh, my other alternative is to listen to a sleep cast. And they usually kind of... You know, like an ambient, sort of slightly ASMR-ish, very slow, very boringly premised kind of soothing thing. So it'll be, you know, there'll be like a, there's one called Rain Day Antiques where it's a rainy day and you're imagining yourself walking into an antique store and then the person Mm. who's talking who has a very kind of gravelly sleep-inducing voice, uh, much like mine, uh, and, and they talk you through here's the people that work there and here's the things that you can see on the shelf and whatever. And you can just hear this kind of ambient noise of the rain outside. Mm. And so you go There's nothing to too jarring. No, it's not like, yeah, it does, doesn't take a dramatic turn or anything. Yeah. And then there's- Is that a human skull <laughs> on the shelf? Yeah. Well, yeah. No. <laughs> you, hear the, you hear the bolt latch shut behind you. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, you know, another one will be like Hush Theatre or Slow Train or whatever. Yeah. So, so yeah, I like them. But I was a bit uh, bowled over with uh, disgust the other night because, <laughs> because I, cause I opened up my sleep cast and you got a menu, you can scroll down the menu. And I saw there was... Uh, there was three new ones, and they read as follows: Star Wars TM X-wing TM Voyage, Star Wars Islands of Akto TM, Star Wars Tatooine Sunset TM. <clears throat> so I opened up one to see what was going on, and it said, "From Dagobah TM to the lush pastoral planet of Naboo TM." This relaxing tour on an X-Wing is the best bad time ticket in the galaxy. Uh, and I thought, what the fuck is going on here? I thought this was a, like, benevolent, you know, organization that was started 
to help people with mindfulness, help them to meditate, help them to, you know, learn some of those lessons. I did not expect of any company that this would be a one that would do a, a partnership with Disney, which appears to be what's happened. <laughs> and it's, it was so jarring and out of context because it's like, it's like going into it. It's like for a religious person going to the church and then the pastor starts talking about like, you know, they'd start doing the sermon and then you're like, why is this about Buzz Lightyear? What's going on? <laughs> and then, and, and then, and then I looked further to see whether they'd done anything else with Star Wars theme shit and they had. So there's like also these little one minute mindfulness things where you can, if you're a bit kind of overwhelmed at work or whatever, you can do a sort of deep breathing exercise and there might be a bit of kind of background noise to soothe you and go along with it. And they had, they'd added a number of breathing exercises, which were breathe with Yoda, breathe with R2-D2. <laughs> oh my God. It sounds like a joke. I know. I couldn't believe it. Breathe with Chewbacca. I mean, what the fuck is... <laughs> <clears throat> it's so mad. Breathe with BB-8, who's <laughs> the like new... And then, yeah, then you log on to the... You click onto the Chewbacca breathing exercise and he's like, and then it kind of gives you, takes you through the breathing exercises. And I was just thinking, who the fuck is, is interested in doing this? <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, and, and I, so of course I like, I thought, um, well, I'm going to have to tell everyone about this because it's an outrage. Uh, so I wrote down when I listened to one of them. Yeah. Because, you know, they usually have like, it'll be, as I said, it'll be like, welcome to Rain Day Antiques. Yeah. It's a rainy evening and blah, 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 blah. Whereas this this one will be like, free from intergalactic government, Tatooine what? is left in the dangerous hands of the Hutt cartel. These slug-like beings are in the business of chaos. And I'm thinking like, who the fuck is listening to this and being like, relaxed by it? <laughs> Like sort of Star Wars fan fiction. It's so weird. And, and I, yeah, it sort of seems also like a kind of, uh, I mean, because you're, you're doing this because you're slightly mentally vulnerable and also you're doing it, if you're doing a sleep cast, you're half asleep and then they just start feeding you like Star Wars crap. You know, it's like it's like, you know, for all I know, 30 minutes in when you kind of, in a sort of state of deep slumber, there'll be just references to various <laughs> merchandise that you can get if you like. If you sign up to a Headspace account in the next month, you get a free Yoda stress ball or something. So yeah, I don't. I, I was kind of amazed by it because <laughs> I yeah I, I when it first came out, I mean I've I've been listening to Headspace since it was pretty new. It was started by this guy Andy Puttickham, who's a British yeah. guy, and he went the voice. Yeah, that's right. And he had his own kind of journey where he was studying sports science, I think. And then he suffered some kind of bereavement or something in his life, and he decided to get more into Buddhism. So he went to Asia and went all around Tibet and Thailand and Myanmar, Nepal, India, learning to become a Buddhist, and eventually was ordained in the Himalayas. And I like to think that his story is not unlike Anakin Skywalker's own story in that he showed some early promise uh, with these spiritual techniques, but now 
we're witnessing his kind of moral downfall where he's using he's trying to use these techniques to bring people to heal under the weight of capitalism uh, so maybe yeah maybe maybe at once some eventually his son will cut his hand off and he'll have a moral awakening but <laughs> until then it's dark times I actually wrote one briefly. I wrote a little short one for you. It's it's funny though because I didn't I didn't know that they actually had ones in there like the ones you just read. Mine mm. is now almost redundant. It's all it's probably not that funny because it's not a joke. It's like this is probably what they would use. Yeah, yeah. But I was going to sort of do my best, Andy Puddicombe. Is that his name? Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. <clears throat> so you're trying to go to sleep, mm. and so you put on your sleep cast, and Andy's there. He goes. Sometimes it's hard at night when the mind is very busy and that can make it difficult to fall asleep. And there's a technique that's very specific but very effective that we can use to fall asleep. So just lay down in a comfortable <laughs> sleep position. That's a good, just imagine. That's a good part of him. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying to get as close to the mic as I can. Yeah. So just lay down in a comfortable sleep position. Just imagine it's the evening and you are, oh, I don't know, in a tent in one of the deserts of Tatooine. <laughs> there's a cool breeze coming. There's a cool breeze coming in the tent. You don't need to worry because just outside the tent is Obi-Wan Kenobi protecting you. <laughs> and maybe Han Solo is there too. You relax as you hear the soft, familiar moans of Chewbacca. Jabba the Hutt is far, far away. The force is with you tonight, my friend. And no dark side can come inside the tent. <laughs> and maybe you just want to imagine how excited you'll be when there's a new piece of Star Wars intellectual property released soon. <laughs> it might be fun. <laughs> it might be fun to just take a moment and imagine a three-hour cinematic release that focuses solely on the man responsible for making Darth Vader's boots. <laughs> and maybe... <laughs> and I don't know, maybe it's called The Dark Cobbler. And you don't need to, you don't need to worry about whether the film's good or not. It just is. Much like the nature of reality. The dark cobbler coming to cinemas this sub summer just is. It's not there to be judged. Just paid for to go and see. <laughs> Sweet dreams, my young Padawan. Namaste and may the force be with you. That's very good. <laughs> I love it. That is actually like weirdly close. Not too to, far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't wait for the dark cobbler. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, the dark cobbler. Um, yeah. I, you really picked up on a few of his things too, where he goes, where he starts saying, "Could be do, could be on the floor, could be maybe lying at this, looking at the ceiling." Just, <laughs> just take a moment. It's always. Um, I remember reading a bit about me- about hypnosis as well uh, some years ago, and you you always want to use this kind of open language so that whoever's experiencing the guided meditation or hypnosis is mm-hmm. they're not jarred by thinking, oh, I'm not I'm not sat down and exactly as they're they're saying. So you just yeah, want to keep saying things like, and maybe this, and maybe that. You're essentially yeah. sort of leading people to think and in the way that you want them to, but you just say, yeah. I don't know, maybe you're just, maybe you're sat on a couch, you could be sat anywhere, maybe you're in a cloud, in a yeah. box, in a and fridge. I like, 
I like to do just weird poses so that when he says that, I can go, nah, <laughs> guess again. <laughs> <laughs> you got one, you got one more shot at this, particle. <laughs> <laughs> you, you haven't got a single one of my poses right yet. <laughs> I'm face down in a puddle. <laughs> <laughs> just just gurgling in a pub in a puddle is how you find <laughs> find comfort. Maybe you're just face down in a puddle. Oh, he's got an adventure. <laughs> just take a moment. You cannot have been the fir- you can't have been the first one to have noticed that and um, criticized it because that is insane. Mm. Like mm. it does, I can't imagine unless he sold the company or something because I just can't imagine that coming across his desk and him just yeah. going. Unless they're in like real dire straits financially, unless they're like developer costs are like skyrocketing and they're trying to expand and they needed. Yeah, and, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, yeah. that's like music. It's like often music festivals and stuff can't really function unless they take uh, mm. sponsorships. Like mm. you'll go to any any concert you go to is just branded with booze companies typically. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Of but course. I mean, you, you've got to imagine that has got to have been. It's a, a bit tough of a deal with the conversation. Devil, yeah, in the in Going. the uh, in the headspace offices, he's just thinking back to like being ordained as a monk in the Himalayas, and now he's like <laughs> signing off on a f- someone talking about the fucking R two D two. I don't know. I don't know enough about the t- talking about this slug like cartel. It's like <laughs> this is not. This isn't really canon. <laughs> This is neither canon in the Star Wars sense or in the Buddhist sense. It was literally the same week that I was sending you articles that were the worst Star Wars merchandise tie-ins of all time, <laughs> which I always love because you, you like the number one is always this. Well, so number number two on this list was like Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith toilet paper, which is <laughs> which is great. Um, and then there's like. Star Wars produce is an, is another one that, that was being sold. I guess this would be uh, maybe it was in the US. So you've just got plastic bags of apples that just have Star Wars emblazoned <laughs> all over them. I didn't. Um, rea- I didn't realize uh, when you first sent me that. I thought this is just a gag, but yeah, I no. think they were genuine products. And then the one that is always number one is I don't know where this was produced. I'm wondering if it. I'm not. I'm wondering where. Yeah, what country it came out of, but it's like a Jar Jar Binks push pop where the candy is his tongue. So, like, <laughs> children would be just, like, literally making out with this Jar Jar Binks head. It's That's so fucked. <laughs> Maybe as an experiment I should try and just do it, really try and give myself over to it and attain mindfulness through, through Star Wars. I'm like... I like picturing that uh, Puddicum instead of instead of instead of seeing him now in his like monk's robe, he mm. just wears Jedi robes around <laughs> the office, sort of brown yeah. Jedi robe, beige Jedi robes, Bra- Lucas Arts branded robes. <laughs> yeah, I think they did some deal a couple of years ago with a, maybe even quite recently with another company where they merged. <clears throat> so it could be that it's kind of outside of his creative control now and it's starting to become a bit more 
a bit more ruthlessly uh, cash cow. Yeah, Disney, well, it doesn't matter what you make, you'll end up partnering with Disney mm. at some point. Evidently. I mean, honestly, of all the things, there's probably, there'll probably be like Disney brand munitions soon. <laughs> <laughs> My brother sent me an article this week that I sent to you that said that the last Pizza Hut is closing in Adelaide. Yeah, that's big 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 news. news. I actually found an article on this from australiatimes.co.uk. Do you remember in London there's that publication that you you could sometimes find printed? Um, I I guess you might sometimes find it at tube stations or pubs, but it was a little little short uh, printed kind of newspaper magazine for mm-hmm. Australian expats, essentially, ah, called the Australian right. Times. And even they did an article on it. Wow. They said, after operating for 44 years, Pizza Hut Dine in Adelaide will be shutting its doors. 44 years? 44 years of those deep dish pan pies <laughs> that you love so much. We, we went to that Pizza Hut like 15 years ago and even then you me and Anjay went and it was mm. a bit of a it was a bit of a mm. ironic nostalgia trip yeah, back then it certainly and that was 15 was. years ago and I certainly didn't think that it was going to <laughs> continue much longer no because we've got because I've got a video of us that day which was shot on what's got to be one of the first like phone videos that any ah. of us had it's this kind of one frame a second yeah. boxy video yeah. of you at the uh, Crown and Anchor Hotel after mm. we'd been to Pizza Hut Marion. And oh, I'm yeah. I'm doing a little interview with you and I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying, Oh, talk talk us through the day. What did we do? And yeah. you're going, Oh, we went to Pizza Hut Marion. <laughs> and, we, and then we were teasing Anjay because he got sat like got like a salad. We went to the last oh, Pizza yeah, he Hut. Did. We went to the last Pizza Hut in Adelaide, and you and me are just loading up the deep dish because mm. I mean that's what you're there for. We were like putting and fucking, Andre said putting soft serve between two pieces of pizza and just eating it. <laughs> <laughs> and Andre got a salad and then we or a soup or something, and we're just like, "What are you doing? Get out of here! This is disrespectful. This is a." This is a disgrace to everything this this restaurant stands for. <laughs> this is the place of worship. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, it kind of it's hard to imagine that none of the market forces that were it, that were kind of operating on it 15 years ago. Yeah. Cla- caused it to close and yet suddenly now it's like, oh no, we just can't compete in this environment. Like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Like, I don't even. Why have you been around for the last de- two decades? 
<laughs> apparently, uh, apparently, the nail in the coffin was the uh, the app delivery services. That was mm. the thing. So, whatever the market forces were, I guess they could survive them. But then, apparently, like Uber Eats and stuff has everybody just wants to eat that way. Everybody wants to mm. recreate the Pizza Hut experience in their living room. Yeah, and okay. that's a that's um, a shame because that for me, <laughs> it was a you know you'd go and you'd have the classic sort of pizzeria font yeah. and and color and sensory experience and a bay-marie full of random things that you could put on your soft serve. <laughs> they certainly had like a wide variety of sprinkles and bullshit things. And I just was, yeah. found that very exciting when I was a kid that there was kind of no set rules. You could just put a, you know, put six flakes in there if you want. Nobody's going to sell you to get out. It was, as a kid, it was you couldn't believe it because where else were you just allowed to have as much dessert and pizza mm. as you could as you could eat? It was in- mm. incredible. You mm. must have, as a young boy with a weak stomach, you must have done heavy <laughs> baths after Pizza Hut. <laughs> I'd say it's almost almost certainly. And so, Pizza Hut, we're gonna miss you so much. Yeah, it still lives on in our hearts and in other. There are Australian stores elsewhere. I think Melbourne still has a couple of Pizza Hut restaurants, uh, although I don't know whether they have the full dine-in experience or not. Um, uh. And the other thing I like to do, which I probably haven't done since I was last in a Pizza Hut restaurant or since it was somebody's 12th birthday, but I will, I would still do it if somebody else uh, was into it, was, you know, you have like a large Coke and maybe you've drank half of it because everyone's kind of it's the it's the it's the kind of messy last push of the uh, all you can eat lunch. And then someone says, "How about I put what's left of my ice cream into the Coke?" And then you drink it, and you're like, "Yeah, that's still pretty good." And then someone else is like, "What about if I put my Sprite in that Coke and ice cream?" And then then you're like, "That's still pretty good." And then someone's like, "How about I just tip a little bit of pizza in there, put a bit of crust." <laughs> Bit of, bit of crust in or a bit of barbecue sauce. You know, you just mix it up. You see where you get to. <laughs> yeah. Again, it was just because it's one of those things where because it's all free, you're mm. just like, I don't give a shit. I'll fucking yeah. put everything in here. <laughs> it's, that, it's that weird, it's that weird uh, human trait where when things don't, when when you don't really value things, if there's yeah. no scarcity, yeah. then you just don't give a shit. It's like... <laughs> You know, when I just have a bowl, I'm going to use this bowl for uh, (laughs) mayonnaise. And if I only want a tiny bit, then that's fine. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to fill four bowls with soft serve and I'll just have one. I'll just leave three of them. Just throw the other three at the wall. Yeah. And the soft, and the soft serve station was always just a mess. It was just this (laughs) explosion of sprinkles and hot fudges. Whenever I see the classic poo emoji, I think back to that soft serve machine at Pizza Hut because <laughs> it used to dispense soft serve in that in that uh, similar formation. Do you want to say say you want to say Pizza Hut five out of five slices? <laughs> I want to say thank you very much uh, for the memories Pizza Hut for the memories Pizza Hut and um, you know previously we talked about. The Hut Cartel, and now we're talking about the Hut Restaurant. And there are some similarities there, uh, but I just want to say shout out to all the Huts. 
Jabba's and Pizza's. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on this week's episode of Don't Praise the Machine. This has been episode number 63, and I want to say thanks very much to all the huts in our lives, pizzas and jabbas. That's been episode number 63. We've really enjoyed talking about Star Wars and Pizza Hut and meditation apps. I got my number one crazy breakfast boy right next to me. He's here every single day, seven days a week, 365 days. It's the crazy man himself, John Maloney. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next week at the podcast.